We all have areas in our life we might feel stuck or overwhelmed. So join me, Jenna Zint, habit coach, teacher, and follower of Jesus as we go after little bits of better by building offensively small habits that create big impact. This is the Habit Lab Podcast. Hello, welcome to the Habit Lab. Boy, 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 boy. <laughs> I'm so bad at noises. I cannot make them. Um, this week, I wanted to talk about kind of an obscure habit that arose. Um, one of the things I've been going after is being current with my emotions and my feelings. So kind of like increasing self-awareness. And I think I, I'll make for sure other podcasts about that idea and how I do that. But what has happened it's not made me more self-centered. It's actually made me realize what's going on inside of me in real time rather than retroactively. Like, what happened? What, why did I show up so weird at that party? So as I'm noticing, as I'm going into an event or a trip or yeah, a meeting, I'm aware of internally how I'm feeling going into it. And um, usually bigger things. I would not say, well, I know I kind of do this for smaller things too. But I, so my habit is I ask myself, how am I going to show up? And I actually literally ask that and make a little time to process what I'm feeling versus what I'm going to choose to do. So instead of actually just kind of being either low level triggered or just acting off while I'm there, I do the prep work to decide and process through what I'm feeling so I can make a choice while I'm there rather than retroactively wishing, oh man, I was, you know, I felt insecure and I was kind of off the whole time because I was acting out through that insecurity rather than realizing it's happening while I'm leading up to the event and do processing it so then I can show up differently. So this episode is my habit of asking myself how I'm going to show up. Um, what it looks like is oftentimes, I would say, so for instance, just some real life examples, we had a Halloween party. We do trick or treat, which might be controversial. Um, <laughs> we do, we go at, this is our fourth year hosting a bunch of our friends. Uh, we go at five because we miss all the, like our neighborhood doesn't have scary decorations and then we miss all the creepy costumes. And then we go back, we do it really short, probably about 30, 45 minutes because that's all the kids are stoked and then we go home. And what happens at my house is we have a big soup potluck and we've kind of, our crowd's grown over the years. But last night um, we did this and we had like 40 to 50 people. So why I'm telling you this is because leading up to it, as I was cleaning my house, um, prepping like my house to you know have all these people, I actually was deciding like, oh, how am I going to show up tonight? So I literally do this. Sometimes if it's a trip or a bigger thing, I'll write it out. This, I didn't quite have the time to sit down and I wasn't getting, I wasn't having such high emotions. So I, I thought I could probably think through it. And I actually will take the time. So while multitasking, while I was cleaning, I was like, oh, in some years past, I have been so busy with making sure everything's perfect that I haven't been present. Or I have been um, so aware that I'm mixing friend groups that I'm making, trying so hard to make sure everybody else is having fun that I didn't have fun. Or I'm a little too controlling because I don't want our neighbors to think we're unappreciative. So I'm making all the kids like, say thank you. Did you blah, blah, blah. So I was just recognizing some of the ways I've shown up in past years that I don't want to do. And I didn't do any big messes or anything like that. But I was like, oh, I know if I take some time, I get to choose. So then if I feel the temptation to go back to some of those old patterns, I can choose differently because I've already spent some time like being aware. Um, so it was cool. So my goal, I kind of asked myself, like, how do I want to show up? And I had decided that I wanted to be present and engaged and enjoying myself and the people around me because that's 
actually the point is not to throw a Pinterest worthy party because we didn't have any decorations. So it wouldn't have been, but it was to watch my kids build history for the fourth year doing this tradition with people I love who my husband knows and my kids know their kids and actually literally be present enough to enjoy the connection and love and like relationships that were having around me. And it's cool. I did it. I did a good job. Like I processed in advance while I was cleaning. So then the night of, I caught myself a couple of times like, oh, sit down, go enjoy yourself. And there was a couple of times while I literally squealed, I love this so much. As <laughs> I'm watching all the people around me who know each other talk and connect. And I was like, this is, this is why I do this. This is why it was worth the extra work. Um, so I just do this on a regular basis. And I think it's so helpful. Um, one of the things like, so that's more for maybe like social things or uh, big conferences or trips. If I'm showing up to meetings or some kind of volunteer thing, I'll ask myself kind of different iteration of like, what do I expect to learn? I was going into a training a couple weeks ago. We teach at our local church. Um, my husband and I, we teach a couple areas of the church and it was a training for all of us to like who teaches in, in our church to be get some new skills and make sure that we're presenting in a quality fashion, you know, kind of some uniformity as well. And while I was going, it cost like I have a pretty busy schedule. So taking three and a half hours to do a meeting that I wasn't like quite in touch with what it was. I felt myself being dubious of it being kind of a waste of time or like, is this going to be worth it? Am I going to learn something? And um, I think it was John Maxwell. There's one book that I, I read that it was talking about arrogance is assuming that you can't learn something from everybody, but humility is realizing that everyone has something to teach. Everyone has something to teach you. So as I caught myself thinking some of these things, I'm like, oh no, actually I'm going to go in expecting I'm going to learn. And I'm going to go in with the assumption this is not a waste of time. Because if I'm, if that question is unanswered when I go into it, I will collect evidence that probably proves it to be true. And then I'm going to waste what it does would have to offer. So me just doing a little bit of prep work of like, oh, this is going to be valuable. I'm going to ha- probably take away a couple little nuggets that I can then apply to all the areas that I'm teaching. This is not going to, this is going to be worth my time. I'm excited to learn. And I actually kind of just mull over that so that it changes my expectation and I am choosing and aware of how I'm showing up. Um, Sometimes to ask myself, like, so my three questions are, how am I going to show up to this thing? What do I expect to learn? And what am I going to take away from this? And it sounds so silly and nuanced. You can, if it's a bigger thing, like a trip or a conference or something, a new role you're stepping into, I would actually write it out. I'm going to read you some of my journal of doing this more recently. But Sometimes I can just think through this while I'm driving somewhere, um, what it looks like. Sometimes like I, oh, I'm reading my notes now. I take time to do it on my drive or on my morning walk to get some solid answers. Um, What I've noticed though, is when I decide preemptively how I'm going to show up to a party, to an event, to a team, to a trip, to a conference, to a training, I am so firmly engaged with purpose that I've actually noticed myself being so much more of a purpose-oriented person in the last like year and a half with my habits, but it's because I'm not just doing this thing. I'm not just showing up so that I can check it off my like box. I have this expectation that I'm going to get something out of it and I know why I'm going. So it's like I'm a self um I'm creating my own purpose rather than waiting for people to give it to me and it's like been such a game changer. And then two, I don't want to show up to things half-heartedly because when I do, when I'm on like straddling this line, like, is it worth it? Whether it's a training or a church meeting or a friend's party, I'm like, oh no, like 
I'm not going to this party wondering, is it going to be fun? Like I'm going because I love this friend and I want to sew into this relationship and I want to show up for them. So it's like my purpose is dialed in and I'm not like straddling the fence of like half-hearted, like, is this going to be worth it? I actually decide before I go why it's going to be worth it because I like we all have that power, you know, Um, and I don't wait for, excuse me, I don't wait for others to give me purpose for being there. I think that was the thing. I used to do that. That's probably the biggest shift in this by me preemptively deciding how I'm going to show up. What am I going to learn? What am I going to take away? I am generating my own purpose. Therefore, everything I do has is full of purpose. And I show up in a different level of ownership because I'm not waiting for whoever's leading it. Like I'm not taking over meetings, obviously, but I know how Jenna's going to show up in, in whatever context I'm going for. So, um, I think that's been so huge. If you would try this habit, like when you're going, when you notice yourself dreading something or when you notice like, is this going to be worth my time or is this going to be fun? Actually going through and systematically deciding like, what's your purpose? And the interesting part in doing this is there are times that I cancel things because I'm like, oh, actually, I don't, I think this is just fun. It's not a relationship I'm actually have the capacity to invest in right now. Like this is probably not the best use of my time. So But when I do, when I look and reconfirm the yes that I originally said for those events that make that cut, I then go in with like my own purpose generated. So I'm sitting in that seat and whether or not the person leading the meeting does an excellent job, I'm not going to waste my own time because I'm firmly rooted in purpose that I've already thought through. Um, It was actually, it's interesting though, this habit came from of like literally asking myself, how am I going to show up came from me wanting to um, be better at bailing less. So I used to bail on stuff often and it would be because I was anxious or overwhelmed. I've gotten better. Like I was saying about when I'm deciding the purpose of events, saying no to things that are truly more frivolous because I don't have capacity right now from what I'm building. Like frivolous is just not something I'm giving my time to. Um, It's not a judgment statement, but I'm like, oh, that doesn't actually hit my mark for a few layers of purpose. That's only the purpose of fun. And I actually have, I don't need more fun right now. I'm good. So I'm not going to go to that thing. Or that's with a group of people that I'm not planning on building with. They're awesome. I hope they have a blast, but I'm not going to give a yes there either. So that would be the first thing is that me going after sticking to my commitments more, I said no more. So that when I had a yes, I then realized the second thing, like the second layer is when I made my yes, there'd be day day of or busy schedule, like, oh, I don't want to do this. I'm so tired. Or why did I say yes? Or what's the point? Like those kind of motivation killers um, would try to creep in and or would creep in and make me bail or cancel because I would get so in my head about the cost that I was like, oh, I don't. I would get so overwhelmed with the cost that I'd forget and I'd lose sight of the purpose of why. I originally said yes. So I would go back and think through like, are, the, are there a couple layers of reasons that my yes came from? Is it people I'm building with, something that I'm passionate about in this season? Does it, um, I don't know, am I gonna learn something? Is this an area of growth for me as well? I'm like, okay, yep, it checks those box. I'm still a yes. Now I'm gonna need to go decide what my purpose is so that I bailed less. And it's been crazy how I've actually, man, getting in front of my self-talk, how much I've been able to nip in the bud, justifying quitting or bailing from overwhelmed. Like, oh, like, yes, you do have a lot today. That is true. Or you've done a lot or you're tired. That's true. Why did you say yes to this? And I think through it and I'm like, yeah, that's still a yes. That's still worth my time. Like, okay. 
So you are tired, but what else is true? Instead of letting that be the biggest fact, that's when I when I ask myself these other things, when I'm generating my purpose by saying, how am I gonna show up? What am I gonna take away? What am I gonna learn? I get more facts. It's like the tr- the tired or anxious or overwhelmed is one fact, but then if I manufacture and take some time to look at the other, I have like seven or eight other facts that want me make me wanna get there. So then the I don't want to or feel overwhelmed or super busy is one out of eight, not the only one that I'm looking at. Does that make sense? So noticing my self-talk helped me stop justifying quitting by with thoughts around like, this isn't worth my effort or it's a waste of my time or I'm so tired. I'm like, okay, that's one fact. What are some other facts? Like what would I feel like on the other end of this? What are some of the benefits? Where did my yes come from? And I just make myself not be um, so tied with only the one thought and go after finding the other purposes that are there and the other layers of benefit and the other layers of fruit that actually inspired my initial yes. Um, When I was doing this, I felt like at one point Jesus was like, hey, no one else can waste your time. Only you can waste your time. So this idea of like, oh, is this a waste of my time? He's like, if you decide it's a waste of your time, you will 100%, it will be you will find that to be true. It is a waste of your time. You can sit there and decide you won't get anything from it and you'll turn off your ears and it will be untrue. Or Jenna, you could listen closer and watch what there is to catch. Only you get to decide if you walk away empty handed. And I was like, "Mm, that hurts so good, Jesus. (laughs) So I'm going to just read it again. No one else can waste your time. Only you can waste your time. You get to decide if you walk away empty handed or not. So The first layer, like I said, was I said no more often. But then once I did say yes and got better at not frivolously committing to things, the big piece of me not flaking or bailing when I felt tired or anxious or overwhelmed was going after like what's other purposes in there so that I don't walk away empty handed from things. Um, I was thinking too about the, if you listen closer, you can always catch something like in every situation you can learn something from everybody. There's the scripture, um, Mark 4, 24. Pay close attention to what you hear. The closer you listen, the more understanding you will be given and you will receive even more. And I think, oh, this is so true. Like as I've been going after this and deciding how I'm gonna show up, I'm listening so much closer because I know that I'm here for a reason and a purpose. And therefore, I want to get the most, like if my time is so valuable and if I'm giving you 45 minutes, I want to get the most out of you that I can in 45 minutes. So I'm listening closer. And then it's cool, the scripture of like, you will receive more then. So it's like, oh, if you decide it's a waste of your time, it just goes back to that idea. You'll waste your time. But if you decide it's worth your time and you listen closer, you'll receive even more. Um, you'll get out of it what you mine from it. So, you know, like a gold mine, you will get out of what, or get out of it, what you mine out of it. The closer you listen to me, that means I'm expecting to learn, listening to hear what they have to teach you, anybody in every situation. I think like to me, that's been the next upgrade for humility. Cause I realized that I would deem different things like, Oh, what do they have to teach me here? But actually it requires humility to expect that everyone has something to teach you. So then if that is my baseline, then when I'm, and I've then next step was, you know, filtering out my yeses and nos. Next step is when I get there day of, and I'm either feeling anxious or insecure or avoidant or overwhelmed. That's when I ask myself like, okay, it's already made it through these three levels. How am I going to show up today? 
what do I expect to learn? What I'm going to take away because humility has the expectation that everyone has something to teach me. And I'm only going to waste my time if I decide it's a waste of my time. And my time's too valuable for me to decide I'm wasting. So I'm going to walk away with as much as I can from all these interactions, whether it's relational, whether it's me not missing a moment of what Jesus wants me to do, or actually learning like both. I just think there's so many layers, but if you go in full of purpose, you're not waiting for someone to give you purpose for your time. You've decided what your purpose on how you're spending your time and how you're going to show up. And this helps me too with just processing insecurities. Um, Darn it. I've kind of run out of time, but okay. I'm going to do one more thing. I'm going to read you a little bit of my journal. Um, I went on a trip with one of my friends who's in um, an itinerant speaker. And if there's three of us girls who help volunteer in the women's department at our church, and she's the like women's director for our church. And we went out with her to this conference and we had to like talk through like, okay, like these are the things we're going to be sitting with all these leaders. We're representing our church. And all of a sudden I was like, oh, this isn't a girl's trip. This is like more significant. Bah. So on the airplane, I realized that I was like getting a little like triggered, I would say. Some insecurities were popping up of like, oh my gosh. Oh, and then too, her flight got delayed. So then we got there before and had to go to one thing before her, like without her. So that it was like, whoa. So I was very glad that I did this on the airplane because otherwise I would have been when I get triggered, I, most of us is true, not just me. You don't act, your prefrontal cortex shuts off and your fight, flight, or freeze or fawn kind of shut, um, that's your caveman brain kicks on more so. So you do literally act differently than you would in normal situations. Um, so when I was sitting on the airplane, I'm going to just read you what I wrote when I was trying to decide like, oop, I see some insecurities popping up. Like, what am I going to do about it? So the question I wrote was, how do I want to show up to James River Church? And I decided, I'm just going to read you what I wrote, full of expectation. I know it's an authority upgrade, so I meant to wear it confidently. I'm not meant to apologize for the seat of influence that I'm give, I've been given. I've been invited in it into it, so don't squirm at being here. Gracefully show up knowing you have been given a seat at the table. Notice if your insecurities get triggered. Don't slip, Jenna, don't slip into trying to subtly prove you deserve to be here or show them how worthy you are. That's performance and inauthentic. I'm going to show up graciously and gratefully, like a diplomat who got an invite based on who they represent. Don't apologize for your role or the seat you got. Just be gracious and grateful. It would be really confusing and almost disrespectful for for you if you were to show up trying to squirm out of it. <laughs> that wasn't very articulate, but that's what I wrote. Just like false humility would make you feel bad for your role and then show up not graciously. Arrogance, on the other hand, would make you forget it's not the diplomat that you represent that holds the weight, but I'm representing a movement and my friend who is superior, they've elected me for this role. I nominate or I represent Bethel and Havilah. I don't have to cower from the honor nor flaunt it. Jesus, help me to wear it graciously and gratefully. That's how I want to show up to all leadership, graceful, gracious, graciously and gratefully, confident in the authority I've been given, but aware of the honor it is. I think this is the essence of servant leadership. Anyways, and then it goes on from there. But for me, when I write it out, I'm dialoguing, like I'm inviting the Holy Spirit in, um, even when I'm like processing my own emotions just in my head while I'm driving, if I'm not able to actually write it out, if it's a lower stakes thing rather than 
you know, I had two hours on an airplane, so I had the luxury. Um, I always be like, Jesus, how do you want me to show up? Or Holy Spirit, what's the answer here? Like, what's the antidote? How do you see me? And it's just so helpful. And then my little, it almost felt like my prophetic word was graciously and gratefully. And anytime that weekend that I started to feel uncomfortable or insecure or wanting to show them that I'm awesome, that I should be here, (laughs) I just would like feel it and be like, oh no, I know that's that thing. I process this already. My answer or my antidote is to show up graciously and gratefully. That's what I have permission to do. And then I would just kind of take a breath and then like sit back in and like not get triggered. And it was just so powerful. So I think that's what the prep work of doing this, deciding how you're going to show up places before you do, then that's where like uh, self-control grows because you might still feel that thing you process, but you already know what you're going to do about it. So you're not simply just knee-jerk reaction. You're choosing your response. Yeah. Okay. This is part one. I'm going to do part two because I had more things to say. Um, But yes. Have a great week, everybody. We'll see you again for the next part two of this episode. 